All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and happy Monday. Glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Um, we do have the House, and we're going to go over all the numbers with you in spite of, I know, Democrats and their wish list, and they've been hoping and praying and, and spinning like a, like a top in the hopes that they can convince people that they really have a shot there. They don't. Um, and we're going to go through all of these numbers because they matter. And and getting there is is uh, going to be what's important. And I think it's just important to understand most people don't have the time to go over, you know, all the races that are going to matter and ultimately decide the balance of power in the House of Representatives. Um, look, what they've been looking at, Republicans now are at 212 and there is Arizona six. And that doesn't seem like it's going to be a problem for Republicans in uh, California, three, California, 27, 41, 45. Uh, those look to be like there's going to be leads. Oregon five just got called for the Republican Lori uh, Chavez uh, uh, Dermer. Uh, Brandon Williams in New York. I'll get to some of that in a second. Schweiker just got called by uh, one particular group. But anyway, uh, first start in Oregon, we got the call that Lori Chavez the Reamer, that got us to 212. This is over the weekend. And then if you look at, for example, California 41, Riverside County added 16,868 votes, and they broke 56-44 for Calvert, and he has a significant 4,000-plus lead there uh, with only 41,000 ballots left, and they expect that they continue to be positive, you know, from what they know about the ballots out there. Uh, so that's good for the Republicans. Um, there was already one decision desk headquarters made a call for Schweikert, a Republican, winning House uh, the House race in Arizona's first congressional district. That was made earlier today. Now, the Cook report kind of slants a little left, um, and they actually put Dave Wasserman, who knows these numbers backwards and forwards, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, Sweet Baby James does for me. Anyway, Arizona 1, Arizona 6, California 41. He says dreams of a ho the House uh, Democrat Democrats in the House holding the majority probably died. Uh, and then he tweeted out even further the new math for Republicans and either called or most likely Republicans, you know, brings them to anywhere from 220 to 224. Arizona one, Arizona six, California three, 27, 41, 45. Uh, looks like Lauren Boebert will hang on in her race. New York 22 and Oregon 5, which we had mentioned earlier. And there's a couple of toss-ups to add there as well that might actually pad their lead a little bit. Uh, Brandon Williams uh, seems to have been called by the Cook Report to have defeated Francis Canole or Canole in uh, New York's 22nd district and also Mark Molinari. I don't even know if that was on the list. He was a Democrat to Republican flip as well. So, you know, the first thing I want to say to everybody is everyone needs to take a deep breath. I'm watching and listening to people. And I'm like, you people are out of your mind. Um, there's reasons for the way the or why people feel the way that they feel that make a hell of a lot of sense. By the way, this also in the New York Times is even predicting the Republicans now will win the House and they're predicting a minimum of 221 seats. Um, anyway, so that that part of it is 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 not really in dispute anymore. And I know many have been worried over it. I probably spent most of the weekend going over every race, every number, you know, all weekend long. So I would be prepared for today. And 
I think that some, I think we got to go over some of the expectations that people had in all of this. And I think how people's expectations got a little out of whack. And, you know, I understand exuberance sometimes. And, and there are good reasons for some of this. But I don't want to minimize what Republicans winning the House is here. It's critical. That means you get the power of chairmanships. That means you get to set the agenda in the House. That means you get the power of subpoena. That means that all those investigations from the origins of the COVID-19 virus uh, to zero experience Hunter and his implication of his own father, uh, it's, it's enormously, the difference between being in power and out of power is massive. It will be a critical check on Joe Biden and his agenda. Now, Herschel Walker's race means a lot. And I'm going to tell you my theory. Uh, I would not at all be surprised if Herschel Walker wins in Georgia and you see somebody like Joe Manchin say, you know what, I've had it with this party. After Joe Biden's comments about the coal industry in the days leading up to the election and his comments about not having any uh, oil exploration in the country and Joe Manchin publicly rebuking Biden before the election. And then, of course, after they pressured Biden, remember when Joe Manchin was standing up against the Democrats, he was at like a 70 percent approval rating in West Virginia. As soon as he gave in to the Inflation Quote Reduction Act or the Tax the Poor, Middle Class and People on Fixed Income Act, his his ratings plummeted in the state of West Virginia to like 38. You know, don't think that, you know, after Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden, remember, they made a deal with Manchin and they said, if you go along with this bill, we will get you a pipeline that you've been asking for. And now they've they basically have said to him, sorry, we don't have the votes. We can't get it done. Now, if I'm Joe Manchin and my party is against the single biggest driver of the economy in my state, I'm going to be looking at the other party and possibly switch parties. So something like that I could absolutely see happening. Uh, I'm not calling it. I'm just saying it's it's a possibility. Um, Look, and and I'm getting a little sick, Linda. How many times have people said people like Hannity were out there telling people that this was going to be a wave election? Did I at any point ever say that? No, you said the exact opposite, actually. And and how many times do you think over the last year, starting in January, have I said it? Don't get complacent. Don't get comfortable. It's not over till it's over. You have to vote. I mean, how hard the Senate is going to be to win. They're all swing states, states. every single day, every day. All right. You put together a montage of it. Let's play it. Let's remind you. I think you're tired of being lied about. I think your admonition is is point on. I don't want anybody getting too cocky. Um, and I've been saying that the Senate is going to be particularly hard because you have all these bellwether states. I never want people being overconfident. I mean, right now, if you would ask me if Republicans win the House and Senate, I'd say they probably win the House easily. The Senate is harder because of the states that are in play. I mean, we're looking at every bellwether state. You got Florida, you've got Georgia, you've got North and South Carolina, you got New Hampshire, you've got Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Uh, you've got Ohio, you've got Nevada, you've got Arizona, you've got Missouri, you've got Colorado, you've got the state of Washington. None of these states are easy for Republicans to win, and they have to hold in very key states, and then they have to win in other key states. It's not easy. Then I look at the Senate, and I, I get concerned, because every state that we're looking at is a bellwether state. It's it's all on the line, and I don't I don't like to make predictions on elections i like to give you a realistic snapshot 
And right now, I cannot say with confidence that the Republicans are going to take the House and Senate. I think the odds are much higher for the House. We've got some tough races in the Senate. We've got some tough gubernatorial races around the country. There's still battles going on for these Senate races. I mean, every every state that I'm mentioning is a bellwether state. Uh, maybe a sw- it can go either way. Now, I've, I'm not mad at people that did have a more confident view or optimistic view on things. I'm not at all. And there are actually really intelligent uh, reasons that people had a right to be. I, the problem is it wasn't just optimi- optimism. It was, it was exuberance. To the point where, you know, you can cause complacency if people begin to think that things are going to go their way. Um, historical trends, first uh, term presidents, midterm elections usually leave. You know, something else happened in last year's midterms. If you remember, we were supposed to lose a lot of seats, and I think we picked up 14. So there might have been a, a lot fewer seats available on the map anyway. The other thing that we're going to have to get to the bottom of is this issue of redistricting and gerrymandering and whether or not Republicans were played and, and didn't do a good job on that part. I'd like to know the answer to it. Um, I did say a wave is possible based on the conditions of the economy and the borders and Afghanistan and energy costs, et cetera, but it, but it didn't guarantee it. Then you have other issues that had an impact on this election. Um, in some cases, it was poor candidate selection. And what the number one issue for Democrats was abortion. Two perfect examples. So I'll tell you three states that were impacted by the abortion issue. Every ad that Kathy Hochul ran in New York state said that he was going to end abortion. It wasn't true, but every ad said it. And because he was personally pro-life, I don't think he got a good. He did a good job in the campaign. He came as far as he can come. But I think an ad that would have said, I am not going to change the abortion laws probably would have helped Lee Zeldin. Uh, even further could he have won there's no way i could tell um but i can tell you it had a big impact in the pennsylvania race because what the government gubernatorial candidate top of the ticket mastriano had made no exceptions for rape incest of the mother's life lost by 14 in a in a purple state like pennsylvania now some people said well Oz should have won well oz was able to and he did make the exceptions he was able to get you know, double-digit ticket splitting in Pennsylvania, which is almost unheard of, meaning people would vote for the Democrat for governor and vote for him, the Republican, for Senate. To get double digits, him only losing by two versus the gubernatorial candidate, you know, it says a lot. I mean, you know, look at Ohio. I'm happy about J.D. Vance's win, but he won by 6.7, and DeWine, last time I checked, won by 25. And so there, there's certainly, you know, issues involving a lot of these things. I, Tudor Dixon was a phenomenal candidate, and I didn't realize till very late that she made no exceptions. That's not good. So in that sense, you know, we have to, we have to be realistic. If we're going to play in states that tend to be purple or blue, you're going to have to make adjustments that you wouldn't otherwise want, want to make. Uh, otherwise, you put yourself in a position where, especially after the Dobbs decision, that you have no chance at all. Um, to the extent that the Democrats closing message about mega MAGA democracy in jeopardy, uh, abortion is going to be outlawed. Republicans, uh, they lied about Republicans wanting to cut Social Security and Medicare. How effective those lies were, I don't know. Artificially reducing the cost of gasoline by artificially increasing the world supply by compromising national security and releasing the strategic petroleum uh, reserves. 
I guess politically you can tip your hat to Biden, but it did put our national security at risk in the process. We're now at the lowest level in 50 years. Um, I think for some reason, uh, people voted even against their very best interest just because the country's so divided. There was no open mindedness at all. I mean, if it was a D, you're voting D. If it was an R, you're going to vote R. But then it raises something I, I cannot wrap my mind around is how do Republicans win five million more votes than Democrats in terms because we never win the popular vote and only come away with a, a smaller victory in the House, not a larger victory in the House. That doesn't make sense. Um, and then, of course, my theory on accelerated migration, if we don't pay attention to this. And the most important thing is, is if you're happy with what's gone on and is going on in Arizona, if you think this is this is a good system, if you think what happens and has been happening in Nevada is a good system, and if you think the fact we can't get congressional races counted in California, if you think this is a good system and the disaster of Alaska, we may not know until Thanksgiving, so we are told. If you think this is a good system, it's not. You know, 90 days of voting before an election, this has to stop. Not having voter ID, I didn't have to show my ID when I voted in New York. This, that's insanity. There's got to be some level of standards. My choice would be election day is a holiday, and people can vote absentee if they're infirmed, if they're going to be out of town, if they're in the military. Otherwise, we have partisan observers on election day watch the voting, and then later after the polls close, watch the vote counting. And then we all get the answer that night, like Canada does and Great Britain does and France does. All paper ballots. Because, you know, how, if you, even, if the, even if Republicans win in Arizona, how could you be a Democrat and say, wow, I have a lot of, there's so much integrity in this system. What, 50,000 votes here, 50,000 vote, votes there? Marco Rubio said it best. They counted seven and a half million ballots in five hours in Florida. And now you're telling us you can't do it in a week? It's insane with much lower populations. This has to change. Every American, regardless of, of whether you're a Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, should be livid about this. All right, all of us probably need more sleep than we've been getting lately. That's where our friends at My Pillow come in. Uh, I've been telling you about the incredible Giza Dream Sheets, the softest sheets you'll ever sleep on, made from the world's best cotton, Giza. Soft, breathable, durable, right now at the lowest price ever, uh, $29.99. When you go to MyPillow.com, go to the Sean Hannity Square. Always has a 10-year warranty for the holiday season. Also, they're extending their 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed between now and Christmas will have their money-back guarantee extended until March 1st, 2023. It's simple. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Sean Hannity Square, get this flash sale on Giza Dream Sheets. They have other deep discounts on other great MyPillow products or call and mention my name, 800-919-6090. These products arrive and all that sleep you've been wanting and needing and craving and desiring and deserving will be yours. MyPillow.com, Sean Hannity Square.